Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Celebrate. This is a weekly movie review podcast. Each episode we take a look at a movie that was released during This Week in History. We're starting with mostly movies released in 1998. We hope that you enjoy our show, and we encourage you to participate here in discussion about the episode or what you hope to see in future episodes. Um, we should probably put a disclaimer at the front of this episode, too, that there may very well be language in this one. Yes, there probably will be language in this one. I don't think we can get around it. No. Uh, this week's episode is The Big Lebowski. And the first question I have for you is, how fast can you get me a toe? I can get you a toe, like, by 3 p.m. With nail, with, with, with nail polish on it. Okay, yeah. good. So with I, nail polish on it. I was just wondering how fast you yeah. can get me that toe. Yeah. Um, like my rug? Mm-hmm. Rug it really t- ties the room together. Ties the room together. Yes, it does. Um... I'm Steve. I'm Ryan. And we're back this week. Uh, last week was kind of fun because we did the magic of the internet and didn't record last week, but still released an episode last week. Yes, with the great movie Dark City. It was fun. I enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, and we jump right into this one having... I love this movie too. Yeah, this is an all-time classic. I mean, um, it's wonderful in every It sense. is. It, it was... It was um, Inducted into the National Film Registry because uh-huh. of how much of a cult hit it became. Yes. Um, I love The Big Lebowski. Yes, so, The Big Lebowski is a great movie. Let's start off with um, just a quick change of what we're going to do. At the end of this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Coen Brothers in general. Yes, because I am, we are both huge Coen yes. Brothers fans. I've seen all of their movies. seen them all in the theater as much as I can since I think the first one I saw was Fargo because that was about the age when... I could see them and yeah. anything that now we live in a smaller town in the Midwest, so we don't always get them. But anyone that we've gotten, I've tried to see in the theater. I would say we live in a in a bustling metropolis, but there's actually a town called Metropolis about three and a half hours south of here. Yeah, that has and about seven people in it. I think there's twelve. Yeah, and a Superman statue. and a Superman statue, giant Superman statue. Yeah, larger than life. Um, but we wanted to start like we do every week. Talking about the box office, how did it look 20 years ago when The Big Lebowski actually came out? Um, number one is is still... Still Titanic. Still Titanic. Um, interestingly enough, as we're looking at the thing, it actually went up in total screen coverage this week by yes. 70, almost 70 screens. Theaters. Yeah, they're just like, well, people are watching it, might as well put it on more screens. Let's just make more money. And it was also a really long movie, so this would add to the number of screen <laughs> showings they could do a day, so it makes yeah. sense. Um, the movies that came out this week, however, um, one of them came in number two. Yeah, U.S. Marshals, the sequel to The Fugitive without Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Lee Jones as Gerard, I think his name was. I think that's what his name yeah. was. and he takes over for the starring. Um, he's got most of his crew back from the first one, right. and this time he's going after Wesley, Wesley Snipes, Snipes, who, surprise, surprise, didn't do it. Yeah, I was I was shocked when I watched that film. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the movies we've done was sitting in third at Wedding Singer. Yep. And then three in a row from four, five, six that came out this week in Twilight, not, not the vampires. Not the vampire movie. We wouldn't even mention that word if it was. A movie by the name of Hush. With um, Gwyneth Paltrow. With Gwyneth Paltrow. And I think Jessica Lange. And then ending up with number six with The Big Lebowski. Um, Lebowski itself didn't do too bad. For um, a Coen Brothers for movie. For a Coen Brothers movie. Um gross total over the over its run was eh, 17 and a half mil and i think it was about 12 to 15 to make it so yeah. it made a little bit of money but um it was seen as a disappointment at this time because this is coming after their last movie was fargo which was their best critically and commercially successful movie that they had done at that point right so everybody was waiting for another fargo but these 
are the Coens, so they they're never... like, no, we're not making another no. Fargo. We're going to make a bowling noir comedy drug-addled drug-addled movie. Yeah. And it and they did a good job of it. Being the Coens, they never do the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. They always kind of surprise you a little bit with what they're going to do. Um, and yeah, coming after Fargo, I think that maybe why Lebowski was sitting at six mm-hmm. coming into this week. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, like like we were saying, usually they don't open on that many screens, but this actually opened on more than uh, a thousand screens. So that's pretty big for the Coens. And, and if you look at the next week, it, it actually drops almost 40%. Which at this time, like if that was today, that's great. Yeah. But back then, not as good, especially for a movie like that. Yeah, because again, you know, to go now everybody loves Big Lebowski, but oh, yeah. to go back and really talk about it in 1998, it's kind of a misfire for him. Like the crit- it, really was. it wasn't critically loved. Like usually the critics love these movies. Like I said, it's coming off Fargo, which won a few Oscars, was nominated for Best Picture. Um, Ebert and uh, Siskel and Ebert on their show, they raved about it. Both called it the best film of that year. It was beautiful. So they come back. Not that long after, because I think Fargo was a year before. And mm-hmm. so they come back right away. Everybody's like, oh, this is great. We're having another one. Totally different. Critics didn't really care for it that much. It wasn't as popular as some of their other ones. It was called a misfire. Didn't do as well in the box office. But then something funny happened over the years. People gave it another chance. Because, you know, being honest, I saw it the first time. I did not like it. No, you and I have talked about this. This is a movie that if you watch it the first time, you might enjoy it, yeah, but but you have to watch it two and three times to really mm-hmm. love it. Because the first time I watched it, I'm like, "What is going on in this movie? I don't get really what's going on. The plot's kind of weird. Why is it so much about bowling and just kind of rambling scenes? What the hell is um, Sam Elliott doing in this movie? I thought that was a great casting choice. Yes. <laughs> but then um, I watched it in the theater. And I was like, okay. But then, again, my um, girlfriend, who's now my wife, her dad at the time was a um, video rep, so he got the screener like a month and a half later. I was just bored one day. I popped it in. I'm like, this is really funny. So I watched it again. I started quoting it. I watched it again before I gave it back, and it is one of the most quotable movies in the world. So answer me this. Which line is more quotable? It ties the room together or the dude abides? I would just have to say that it ties the room together because you can use that in anything. You I know? agree. Like if my refrigerator breaks and my wife we will get a say, new one. yeah, we have to get a new one, I'll be it like, ties the room together. but that really tied the room? You can just yeah. use it all the time. You so. really can. That dead body over there yeah, ties really the ties room. the room together. Yes. Uh, but the one I think I use the most is, hey, dude, your phone's ringing. <laughs> I, just, I just love that line and just the way that he says it and then uh, the dude goes, Thanks, Donnie. Thanks, Donnie. But anytime someone's phone rings, I'll go, dude, your phone's ringing. Um, my most quoted line, I now it's a paraphrased line, but it's mm-hmm. it's shut the fuck up, somebody. Yeah, that's a good one. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, Lebowski? Yeah, where's, where's the money, where's the money Lebowski? That, that's a good one. Yeah, but like it's just so quotable. Like There's so many lines you can do. Pretty much anything John Goodman says in this movie is something that you know made me laugh and you can easily quote it and i've actually read interviews where he said this was his most fun role he's ever gotten to do which i could see (laughs) he's just great in it i've said numerous times that i would love to play that role because that just was a fun yeah it's just character role and like it didn't you can't go over the top with no character so you mentioned the plot a minute ago we're not going to spend much time on the plot 
because it is loosely <laughs> it's as um one of their later ones is loosely based on the odyssey this is loosely based on some of their favorite noir films because if you know the coens they love noir and this is mm-hmm. based on some of those Ray- raymond chandler movies like mm-hmm. the big sleep and everything like that where the plot really didn't matter it's no. just a way to get the character to interact with as many people as you can so this movie as we we're talking earlier boils down to a rug yeah you know the whole movie when it all boils down to it is about the dude mm-hmm. getting embroiled in a bunch of stuff because someone pissed on his rug yes and that, that's all it is that's the way this movie starts too yeah the movie starts uh with him um writing a check for 69 cents and i noticed because they said the early 90s and they show the stuff with the beginning of the um uh iraq war going on mm-hmm. in the background that was like 1990 and if yeah. you watch he postdated his check for like 1991 i noticed that as well so that's like a year and a half later yep for, for 69 60 cents. cents yeah um for half and half that he'd already drank yeah the, in the, the store because he drank the half and half straight from the mm-hmm. from the the job but yeah the movie starts out like he just goes into his house and these two guys are there they dunk his head into a toilet and yeah. tell him to get the money and the chinaman the chinaman pisses on his rug pisses on his rug so then he goes because they think he is they think he's jeffrey lebowski he, thinks, he is jeffrey lebowski but he is the dude but he's the dude not sir, jeffrey lebowski yeah sir duderino yeah if you're not for brevity i love that line yeah too. that's a good one too um yeah so he's like dude i'm the dude it's like we uh, your wife said you're good for it. He's just like, does it look like a woman lives in this house? The toilet seat seat is up, man. Yeah. He has no toilet paper on yeah. either. So yeah, no. So yeah, so that happens. Then he goes, and you get to meet his bowling team, which is you know um, Donnie played Donnie, by Steve Buscemi, who oh like I've never noticed this before, but he always has bowling shirts with that says different his, name. Yeah, yep. I've never noticed that before. Yep. I watch this again, and then um, his you know best friend uh, walter. i guess walter uh who if you is, have a friend like walter you need nothing else in your life yeah who is a vietnam vet that will tell you that <laughs> all the time every every dialogue he finds a way to work that in yes yeah, so in between threatening people that cross the line with a gun he tells the dude to go and see the other lebowski to have him pay for the rug that the guy peed on because he thought he was peeing on the other guy's rug yeah uh, and he gets one. Yeah, he steals, sort of. He steals, steals it <laughs> with um, one of my favorite Fillmore, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman roles is just this like <laughs> really kiss up um, guy oh. that's just a great role. Like it's a throwaway role, but that's what's so great about this movie. Every character could have their own movie that I would watch. Yeah, because I would watch a movie about him. Yeah, I agree. I would watch a movie with Bunny. I would watch a movie with Smokey, well, you the guy wanna, that went over the line. You want to know what happened with Bunny? Yeah. What happened during this whole movie with Bunny? Yeah. Um, but he goes and talks to the other Lebowski, who's mm-hmm. really old guy, totally paraplegic. Yeah, totally the opposite of the dude because the dude's oh, yeah. a burnout from the '60s, and you know he the uh, actual the big Lebowski says, you know, you lost, you bums always lose. Mm-hmm. So he leaves, just takes it. Um, has some more bowling stuff, and then we get back to now. Uh, oh, he meets Bunny. He does meet Bunny, who offers to give him a blowjob for, for a like a thousand bucks. bucks. And if uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, he wanted to watch, it's another hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, but so I didn't know blowjobs cost that much. Yeah. Well, I guess if it's from her. Well, maybe before the drugs and yeah, mm. yeah, everything. yeah. 
But um, so then he goes back, and then um, he has to go back and see the Lebowski because now his uh, wife, who owes money to Jackie Treehorn, the porn king porn of king. L.A., mm-hmm. um, she gets kidnapped by him, and he is supposed to uh, do the drop off with the money, and he for some reason <laughs> decides to take Walter along with him, even though he's been they've been specifically told bring no one else uh-huh. along. Yes. So he calls Walter. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Walter comes. <laughs> Does not work whatsoever. No, they throw out Walter's underwear. Uh-huh. Instead of the, the duffel bag of money. Yes. And then um, the money is stolen by a really annoying um, kid. <laughs> and they find out who stole it, and they go to his house. Um, Threaten the hell out of him. Yeah. Walter starts smacking the hell out of this car. Thinking by, it was the kid's car, this by, nice Corvette. Yeah. With um, saying over and over, this is what you get when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> See what you get? See what you get when you fuck a stranger in the ass? But one of the best things that um, – it's like a famous um, edit for this. Do you Have you ever heard of what it is? What's that? This is what you get when you leave a stranger in the Alps. So that's what they're going to play when I see it on TV? This, yeah, this on, movie's not on TV, by yeah, the way. If it was on USA, that's what that, – that was. This is what ones. you get when you leave a stranger in the, in the Alps. Alps. Uh-huh. So, I thought it would be frostbite. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, but so they go and they get the money back from this kid. Mm-hmm. They find out there wasn't any money in it. It was phone books, I think. Phone books or something. Yeah. yeah like like assorted pamphlets and stuff, uh, I think. Yeah. So now now we're getting into the – this is, plot is getting much more this is getting convoluted weirder. than I thought it would be because it started out with a – Wanting the rug back, and now we have nihilist porn people, Germans, Germans. Um, who else is involved? Lots and, of people. Yeah, and, and Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus at the bowling alley. Uh-huh. Play, uh huh. Play. I love his introduction with the weird Hotel California cover. Yeah, which the Lebowski, which the dude hates the Eagles. And oh, he loves. Say yeah. that many times in this movie. Yes. Um, but you know he's found out that. There was no money that the Lebowski has been pretty much siphoning out money from Lebowski. What is it called? Lebowski's Kids? It's a foundation of some sort. I don't remember what it was exactly called. And his daughter, Maude, played by... um, Julianne Moore. Who was the 90s indie darling. She really was. She got naked in a lot of movies in the 90s. She got naked in a lot of movies. Uh But um, you're introduced with her um, flying through the air in a harness naked... Um, painting. And this is after he gets knocked out. I paint. And has the whole um, flying through the air. After he gets punched in the face. Yes. Yeah. He gets knocked out and he wakes up. He's with her. That's not my favorite one. I love the porn parody gutter balls. You know, I was actually going to bring that up later. If if the movie was... This could be a separate movie, gutter balls. I would yeah. just watch gutter balls yeah. too. Like I said, anything in this movie I would watch. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch... Like if Netflix now said... Okay, we've been working with the Coens anyway on something we don't know what's going to be yet. We're just going to make a ten episode um, story about Walter. Okay, I would I would not go to work that day. I I'd binge just, it. Yeah, nope, sit I'd, down. If my boss is listening and I get sick in the next few days and they put that out, yeah, this, that's coincidence. Yeah, this is a coincidence. But yeah, so um, now we got his daughter in it and she wants to get pregnant, so she sleeps with um, the dude because he has strong seed. Um, yeah, she ju- she doesn't want an, an attachment. She just wants a child. Yeah, she just wants a child. I just wants that. to conceive. Conceive. Mm-hmm. And then we get the toe, which is one of the best scenes. 
It's her toe. No, it's no, not. No, it's not her fucking toe. It's her toe. I can get you a toe. I get you a toe. I get you a toe by the middle of the day. If you want, you want no nail polish, I'll get you that. And which turns out to be he. Walter's he was right. right. Yeah, because she's just <laughs> going off on her own by the end. Yeah. And we also forgot the scene where they put a live ferret in the bathtub <laughs> with the dude, <laughs> <laughs> and just the shrieking sounds he makes <laughs> with the like horror sounds that's coming out of the ferret. Uh, and one of the nihilists, played yeah. by Peter Stormare, one of you know the Cohen's go-to guys. He's a favorite at this time, yeah. He was in um, Fargo with Steve Buscemi, who played Donnie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it just kind of ends with them trying to get the money. The dude saying there is no money, so they have kind of a fight. Yeah, they do have a and fight. Donnie S- falls over dead of a heart Steve attack. Steve Buscemi dies of a heart attack in the parking lot of the bowling alley. Um. They go and sprinkle his ashes which, into the ocean, which, of course, uh, um, Walter messes that up. Yeah, he and he opens it up and it spores back all yeah, over the all dude. all over the dude. And you see him with his big old beard with just ashes <laughs> all over him. Imagine that you're standing there. Now you have your, your friend's ashes all over you. Yeah, spits a little bit of it out. <laughs> and then the movie just kind of ends without any kind of resolution for anything. We go back to Sam Elliott telling the story. And then he sees the dude, and they're bowling, and... And there's going to be a little dude on the way. Yeah, and the Because end. apparently Julianne Moore's character, Maude, she... Yeah, she got pregnant. She got pregnant from the dude. Yeah, but, so. you know, the whole movie is really summed up with the first um, dialogue, the monologue from Sam Elliott, who's just rambling on about nothing. He's like, where was I? Oh, yeah, that that's what that's this the movie. movie is. That's the movie. There's nothing about the movie that screams that it should have been a success. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's a shaggy dog kind yeah. of film. Um, but I think that that's part of why it was, it's become a cult hit is mm-hmm. because you have to watch it those few times to yeah. get most of the references. Like you mentioned, even the bowling shirt. Yeah, I've seen this movie countless times and yeah. I've never noticed. He oh yeah, always he's always got his... somebody else's shirt. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Why, if why you... is he wearing that? Through the entire movie, and he don't, you only see him in bowling shirts. Uh-huh. He never has one on that says Donnie. Now, there is a theory out there that Donnie's not real. He's just like Walter's, um, like, split personality. And that's why the dude barely talks to him. I suppose that's theoretically possible because if you think about the bowling team, mm-hmm. they never pick up a third Yeah. for the – and every, every other team that comes to them always has two. Mm-hmm. So why do they have three? Yeah. And he always was getting strikes. And then he, maybe Walter didn't need him at the end, so he kills him off. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's a theory, though, and I like that theory. I like that theory. Because then if you notice, like, um, the dude only talks to him, like, twice, mm-hmm. I think. He says, you know, thanks, Donnie, when he says the about the phone. Then at the very beginning, you know, yeah. he kind of responds to him. But other than that, it's just mostly so the, uh, Walter going, shut the fuck up, Donnie. So, and, and so then the significance of him sprinkling the ashes everywhere would be, if you notice after that, uh, Walter is... Um, apologetic for the first time in the film, you see. Uh-huh. So that's like the that's like the end of the old Walter, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, Are we reading too deep into a Coen yeah, Brothers movie? It's, it's an interesting thing, and the Coens never say anything. They're like, "This this is the movie." That's yeah, the movie. Here it is. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the whole movie. There's nothing to it. It's it's just, just fun. Yeah, it's just a fun hour and fifty minutes. It really is. Um, so we wanted to kind of move on now. Your thoughts on it? I, I think mean, we've already can, kind of gone yeah, into it. It's, you can tell it's, that we are two people that love this movie. Yeah, it's fun. You know, I've never been to a dude fest. No, down in um, 
Lexington, isn't it? Yeah. I had never gone. I don't, you know, live by the, you know, ramblings of the dude like some people do. But no. I love the movie. It's um, like I love Coen Brothers movies, and this is one of my favorite Coens. So that shows how much I really do, you know, dig this movie. So does it hold up today? Well, hell yes, it yes, does. It's, it's hell yes, it's just as fun as it was in 98. Because the great thing was it was already kind of a timepiece yeah. when they made it. Because, yeah, it was only like six years in the future. But they're like, they set it in the early 90s. So, But there's nothing about the film that ties it so specifically to that. I mean, yeah, they talk about the Iraq War. Yeah. But and there's nothing that ties it so specifically to no. that time that yeah. I can't watch it today. And imagine the dude out in L.A. right now doing this. Yeah. Yeah, that's just Jeff Bridges now. I think it is Jeff Bridges I don't, now. I don't think he ever let the dude go. I think he just became the dude. Yeah, because he was like good-looking, you know, uh, marquee, leaning man looks before this, and then they had him do this. Just kept the look. Yeah, he did. Um, so what's your best scene? Oh, God. Because that's scene. so hard for me. It is hard. I don't know. There's so many good ones. Um like I said, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman in this. Yeah. I, I would have to go the toe scene. I just... In the diner? Yeah, just, you know, John Goodman's, you know, way he did it. And then he, you know, after that, he gets kicked out because he starts going into, my people didn't die in the muck because of this. Yeah. Um, John Goodman was so good at just bringing Vietnam into every discussion. Yeah, but, I mean, like, I love so many <laughs> scenes. I love... The ferret scene, I love the oh, first yeah. time when the Chinaman pees on this rug. So, But I gotta go with the toe, because I, I have, just love the whole monologue. I have little ones. A couple that are that I, I have a hard time with, but I think my favorite scene is... Um, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. He's just pounding yeah. that car and just beating the hell out. I just love that scene. Yeah. And then the, the neighbor comes out and like just... Pounds, yeah, the, pounds dude's the dude's car, and the dude is just like, "What?" <laughs> just giving this look, like I don't even care. Yeah, he's like, "Whatever, it's it's gone." So I love that scene. Um, I love the um, I love, and it's a it's a small thing, but you remember when um, people keep breaking into the dude's house, so he he nails that board oh, to the yeah, floor, okay. <laughs> and he the, door the doors open out, <laughs> so he okay, nails yeah. a board to the floor so that people can't get in. Uh-huh. He props his chair in there to prop to, to brace that. But the door actually opens, opens out, out, so it uh, doesn't matter. And, uh, and it comes into play later because yeah. he trips over it. Yeah. I, I, just, I like that scene. Something we, about that scene just made the movie. And I just thought we never mentioned the P.I. that's following we the dude. We did him. And it's pretty much the audience or the Coen saying, yeah, we know this plot because the P.I. can't keep up with what's going on. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're doing a lot. Yeah. Um, so for me, I like the – I like the, uh, the door scene, yeah, that – that might be really close to the toe. I might, I might give it that one too because I don't care how many times I see it. I laugh. It just makes me laugh because again, Jeff Bridges' look when they open the door <laughs> to the other one. He's like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, but it also just kind of sums up the film to me. Uh-huh. It sums up Jeff Bridges. It sums up the dude. Yeah. Just like he he has kind of good intentions of what he's doing here, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, is there a worse scene in this movie? Um, I would go the party scene. Where they're at Jackie Treenhorn's house, and there's all the women on the trampoline, like that trampoline. Oh, no, like, okay, yeah, on the like tossing up thing. Yeah, like that scene didn't go anywhere, and no. it wasn't funny, and none of the characters in that I thought were as good. So you know, yeah, if, I yeah. Was, if I was gonna cut out because the end kind of drags a little bit, it's it's much funnier in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I think I just cut out that stuff. We don't yeah. need, we don't really need to know who Jackie Treenhorn is. He can just be this porn guy that's having Honestly, all these people go and be on a drug. If, if 
the dude arrives at Jackie Treehorn's place um, when he goes back and he gets drugged and all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the first time we actually meet Jackie Treehorn. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I think the party scene, yeah, you're probably right. But when he... I think you have to have the scene where he gets drugged and he goes yeah. into the into this into the mini movie. Yeah, gutter balls. Gutter balls. We have to have that. Um but yeah, I mean <clears throat> that's and that's when you can really see their noirish side come out cuz it seems like a scene that would have been in a Humphrey Bogart movie. It does. But it just doesn't belong in this. And I know what they're going for. It's just yeah, it's just my least favorite scene eh, there. If still, they cut it out, I'd, it was still fine, but yeah, if, but you if cut they it, cut it's it out, it's, it's not going to hurt. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with that too cuz I was trying to think about it, and as I thought about it, I guess that's the only scene I didn't remember immediately. Yeah. So if that means that I don't remember it immediately, that's, then it wasn't... Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think I even need to ask you who the champion of the film is, I mean, but I'm John, going to. It's John, it's John Goodman. It's John Goodman, yeah. But like I said, this movie is, from the beginning to the end, great characters. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got um, Peter Stormare playing the Nihilist. You, like I said, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. That mm-hmm. laugh he does when she goes, <laughs> when she goes, "I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars." He washes it's a hundred. He just goes, <laughs> "She's a treat." You know, he's yeah. great. You know, the one scene with John Turturro's great. Mm-hmm. Sam Elliott's great. Yep. Um, I mean, like everybody is so good in this movie, but it's it's John it's Goodman. John Goodman. This is a you know Hall of Fame kind and- of performance if you if you get onto our our feeds or anything like that and you tell us it's not john goodman we may pull out the pistol and be like am i the only one around here (laughs) yeah (laughs) you gotta have a good argument but yeah um because he's just so damn good Mm -hmm. i love his character um would it do well today i i think so I, i think it would do better today than it did then yeah because I think that humor fits more today. Yeah, I think it does. And I think, you know, especially if the Coens did it now, and mm-hmm. it's further away from Fargo and people kind of know what they do. Yeah. I think, yeah, it could be a pretty good-sized hit for them. And it would be something different because we are really in a comedy rut right now because well, yeah. they're all the same, you know. We're still in the dirty humor, you know, the R-rated stuff that they just don't know what to do. Just something different like this might be what we really need now. Yeah. Um, who would you recast in lead oh. roles? I, I, I can't recast these roles. See, I got some good ones. Okay. All right. So for John Goodman's role, if he, I would offer it to him first. It's gotta be John Goodman though. But if he didn't want to do it, Seth Rogen. I could. Yeah, I could see that, but it's not, it's still not me. It's not going to be as good, but I have, um, two people for the dude. Okay. Number one, Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Okay. And number, After he's done fucking his Lincoln. Yeah. And number two, which I would pay to see this movie right now, Keanu Reeves. That one I'm sold on. Yeah. Because Keanu Reeves has turned into the dude in real life, I think. Yes. Keanu Reeves and Seth Rogen in a remake of The Big Lebowski. I will watch that. I, I actually read something somewhere where someone said it, it should be Zach Galifianakis. And I was like, no. No. That doesn't fit. No. He, that character, that, that person cannot play this character. Yeah, because Zach Galifianakis. It's an entirely different type of weird, yeah, druggy need, humor. Yeah, you need to be the bombastic. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just not. No, he, he couldn't do that. But yeah, I, I would see that movie with either of those two in the role. But McConaughey, I think he's pretty much the dude anyway. He'd have to have bongos at some point in the movie. Yeah. Oh, God. He'd walk around half the movie with his shirt off. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Would you pay to rent the movie? No, buy it. Yeah, let's see. I have it on DVD. Yeah, I have it on Blu-ray. It's over there. Um, and now I have it on digital because I'm like, I don't want to buy it because I don't like the DVD or the mm-hmm. Blu-ray I have. So I got it on. Well, I did the thing where you can like convert your oh yeah, yeah. thing for like three bucks. So, so yes, I would no. I would rent it, but yeah, I I would buy it like four times. Too. My my question is, why would you rent it? I mean, just buy it. Yeah, just this buy this it. goes along with, um. Dark City. Don't rent it. Buy it. Yeah. It goes and, along with Bloodsport. Don't rent it. Buy it. Yeah. It's cheap. Because, again, if you just watch it once, you're probably not going to like it. Yeah. You buy it and watch it twice in, like, a month. Yeah. And then that second night, you're like, this is great. Watch it at the first of the month. Watch it halfway through and watch it at the end of the month. <laughs> yes. And by the end and of by the, the month, end of the month, you'll you'll have an absolute love for the movie. Uh-huh. That kind of wraps up The Big Lebowski in a lot of ways. Yes. We, but we we're not it. done. No, we're not done. We're not done. Because we want to talk about the Coen brothers in general, because I love them. Yeah, we we just love those movies. I've you know, there's they've had misfires. Um, of course they have. Yeah, a few of them. The Lady Killers was not that good. I was gonna say I wasn't a huge fan of Lady Killers. And Intolerable Cruelty wasn't that good. Mm. But you know, for the most part, they have made some really good films. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do now is we just want to kind of rank some of ours so the first one i want to do top three main characters we'll go three to one you can start out who is your third of the main top characters? three of the main characters yeah like they are the actual yeah yeah the actual the supporting role right mm-hmm. um nick cage and raising out uh, raising arizona <laughs> okay this might be we didn't did you put, just do that too yeah okay we, we have not um looked at these two we have kept them separate yeah but mine are High and Ed from Raising Arizona. Yeah. Because Nick Cage and Holly Hunter are great. Yeah. And that whole movie just still cracks me up. I love it. it, it he is the closest thing to a Woody Woodpecker come to life. God, he is, isn't he? The scene where he has to get the diapers in that film mm-hmm. and um, the bikers following him <clears throat> and it's all one take and they got that music in the background. But yeah, High and Ed are my is my number three. Yep, that's for, my number three. Uh, best. Okay. So, so that's weird. I'll go number two. Okay. It's Ulysses Everett McGill, who is George Clooney. George Clooney. From and Oh Brother, Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. He is, this is the first movie where he played an idiot. And, and he played an idiot so well. Yeah, and he loves working with the Coen, so he's played an idiot a lot, but this is the first time he did it. He had those big-ass teeth, oh and he always God. had the pomegranate, and mm-hmm. just, um, he always, he was kind of like Cliff Clavin from the um, from Cheers, because he always had to put in his two cents about stuff. He was mm-hmm. in jail for... Um, God, what did he, it was some like he was practicing law without a license, I think. Yeah, it's it was something, something like stupid that. like that. Um, um, so that's my number two. Who's your number two? My number two is um, I I like honestly, it's the dude, the dude. Very, he's good number one. two. Um, because there's just something classic about him. I know some people will disagree with me, and some people, and and one of the things I want to say here, I want to take just a second as we're doing this. And say that you and I talked not about our rankings, but about the ranking process before Uh this. And in terms of the way this works, we're going to rank our threes, but I feel like you're cheating on someone by by not including more people. I felt like I left out, you know, children in this. Like, it was so hard because I'm like, okay, do I want High and Ed? Do I want to – because do I want to have that and, you know – Everett as two because they have they're the same kind of role. Do I want to do something different? But well, I could easily shift people into these 
positions. Yeah. I could easily put somebody else into a number three or number two or number one. Yeah. Easily. Because there is tons of, you know, main characters. We yeah. Have, like, I didn't, nobody from No Country made my no, me either. top three But you could characters. easily shove them in there. Yeah, like, I could have put Tommy Lee Jones yeah. in there, but it, it, he just didn't make it. So, yeah, it is hard. But that's my number two. What, that was your number two. What is your number one? I think it might be the same. No, probably not, because okay. you already named it. Okay. Well, oh, uh, Brother, where are they? Oh, yours oh, yeah, is yeah, oh, Brother, where are they? Ever, yeah. Okay. Yep. Mine, for, from one character, because yep. I love him for the yep. same reasons you said. He was dumb. I like backwoods humor to begin with. Mm-hmm. And George Clooney just did so well at playing that role. Yes, he did. He's so good in it. Um, my number one, though, is Marge Gunderson from Fargo. Because, I mean, she did. That was her first Oscar. Yeah, she it just was. another one. It was. But the one thing that a lot of people say about the Coens a lot is they they make fun of these people. But I think that um, Marge Gunderson is the primary example of they're not making fun of them. They're having fun with them. Yeah, because she is a good cop. Mm-hmm. She might be funny, like the whole scene is like, oh, I think I'm going to barf. Yeah. Uh, you know, and everything, but she's a good cop. She gets the person at the end, and they take enough time in Fargo to have that scene where she's talking to Peter Stormare after he killed um, Steve Buscemi in the wood chipper. Yeah. And she has this whole thing about, I just don't understand what's going on. Like, they give her this monologue that, yeah, she might have this funny accent. She might be from nowhere you know, Minnesota. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, she's from nowhere, Brainerd, Minnesota, yep, like Brainerd, in the middle Minnesota. of nowhere. Yep. But at the end, she got her person, she figured out everything, mm-hmm. and she doesn't understand the world. And that, you know, I just love that character so much. See, and there's the thing about it. I could easily have put her in my top three. Yeah. Because she's good. Yeah, it's I just mean, like, the same thing with the dude. So the dude didn't to, make mine. It's so hard to pick these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Interestingly enough, I'm actually heading to Canada this summer, and I'm going up to Winnipeg, and as I looked at a drive, um, Fargo is a place that I could have potentially stopped. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about it. I was like, so as I'm on my way, do you think the people I was going to meet up with in Canada would be mad if I just hung out in Fargo? Fargo. I might get hit by a wood chipper or something, but... No, see, like, nothing actually happens in Fargo. No, I don't think... You're right, but, you know... (laughs) That's just where the thing was. You gotta go to Brainerd. Gotta go to Brainerd. So... Find the wood chipper, and that yeah. one per- that one person actually died in real life. Do you know that story? That no. was trying to find the money. No, I didn't know that. Oh, you mean the actual story? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, like a person in real life yeah. believed that it was a true yep, story because they put it on yep. there, and she went to try to find the money. And they died that was, trying to find yeah, it. Yeah, and they died yeah. trying to find it, even though they just put it's based on a true story, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, so those, those are our top three main characters, and and I I promise I'll make my I'll make it to Winnipeg and not die. Okay, yeah. In a in a in a wood chipper somewhere. That's good. I'd be sad if you did. Yeah. Now, if the cop, if she was trying to catch me, I probably wouldn't outrun her. I mean, mm-hmm. she'd probably get me in the end. Yeah. Throw throw something. Throw the piece of wood at her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So that one was hard enough, but oh, this next no. one was the hardest thing to do. Top five supporting characters in a Coen Brothers film, because how can you pick five? Big Lebowski alone, like I said had 15 you could have done you could easily stay inside the big lebowski and honestly a lot of their films yeah oh brother i could do five characters easily <laughs> you know easily um, Babyface nelson in that movie <laughs> so, so oh good. god yeah um i'll let you do the first of your right. five so this was a hard one because i didn't know if i wanted to put him in there but kind of like the rug in big lebowski everything spirals out of control because of this character and it's bernie barnbaum 
um, John Turturro from Miller's Crossing. Yeah. He's one of the famous, most famous scenes of him begging for his life in the middle of the forest when he's about to get shot. You know, it was a weasel kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything goes from him not dying at that point. Like, everything goes out of control from there. Um, great role. You think that he's in more than he's in. Mm-hmm. He is not in much of that movie. But he was such a good role that you think he's in a lot more. And that's why I had to put him as at number five. See, he is. You're right about that. He he. You look at him and you think. When you get done watching the movie and think back on it, you go, "Wasn't he in that more?" Yeah. And so it? you watch it again, and, and you he's go, not. "He's really not." No. But he's somebody I remember. Yeah, he because he's the catalyst for that movie. So yeah, that's my number five. What's your number five? I was gonna probably say the same one okay. because for for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a character that I that's very memorable. Mm-hmm. And then when I've watched it again, he's just not there yeah. much. So how do I remember him if he's not a memorable character? Well, he has to be a memorable, memorable mm. character. Yeah. You know, just like um, in The Third Man, Harry Lyme doesn't show up until the last act, but he's so big in that movie that you think um, he like Orson Welles is in that whole thing when he mm-hmm. isn't. So it's yeah. the same sort of thing. So who's your number four? Number four, I have to do – I can't just do a one character. Uh-huh. I have to do a person. It's Steve Buscemi. Okay. In most of the Cohen movies, he's yeah. just a good character. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look back at the one we just did on Lebowski, he's good. He's 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 hilarious because he's always a step behind the conversations. Yeah. He's good in Fargo. He's just a character I remember. Here and here's why I chose Buscemi. When I think of Steve Buscemi, the only thing I think about is Cohen Brothers. Yeah, you think of that first, and then maybe. Now it's kind of weird, but Adam Sandler? Yeah, I think maybe Adam Sandler now, but even still, it goes to Coen Brothers first. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's the funny little guy from Fargo. And we'll get to another one I, I feel about this in a way in a minute, yeah. but it's Steve Buscemi in almost all of his roles. Yes. Um, my number four, which I was really surprised he was number four, because when I was thinking about it, I'm like, he's got to be higher than this, because I love every single second he's on screen. Mm-hmm. But it's Delmore, Delmar O'Donnell, who is Tim Blake Nelson from Oh Brother. Because he is so funny. Just oh my gosh, his line yes. readings in this movie are so funny. He was turned into a horny toad. And then <laughs> one line that always makes me laugh was Babyface Nelson when he just shoots the cows. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, George, not the cows. <laughs> I mean, he is just, <laughs> it's just it's so, so funny straight. in this movie. Yeah. It's just a straight humor, too. He's not – I mean, he's, he's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny. Yeah. It's just funny the way he plays them. Mm-hmm. Um. Of course, O Brothers, we could do an entire episode on O Brother. It just yeah. didn't come out at the right time. Yeah. We'll get to it in about four years. Yeah, we'll do it later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, but I'm like, how is he number four? Because I love every single thing about him, but I couldn't move my other three below. So I'm like, I guess this is where he goes because I kept trying to get him higher. Okay. And I just couldn't do it. So you do three because my number three and two kind of go together. Your number three and your number two go together. So you do number th- you do your three. Um. See, when I was thinking about this, I only did the, a couple. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm trying to re-rank them a little bit in my head as I go. Oh, okay. Um, but I would have to go with man. Um. Oh, brother. Mm-hmm. Pappy. Pappy. Oh, I love Pappy. Pappy and O Brother. 
what about well, the little midget with him? No, the midget no, was the other. The midget's the, the other, other guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, but I do love Pat. Oh, he had his dumb like sons with him. Yeah, the, like the kind yeah. of I, I call them the inbreds. Yeah, because they really acted stupid. No, I, I in a, do in love a Pappy. stupid movie. Yeah, They're Pappy stupid. stood out, and he was. I don't know. I there's I just like the movie and pa- Pappy's, Pappy's good. good. All right. So my number three and number two go together okay. because it was their first thing, mm-hmm. the first time they did this, and mm-hmm. then the time they perfected it later on. That character in the really gritty films that are just a force of nature, nothing can stop them, and they're terrifying. Okay. So my number three was Lauren Vesser, who was M. Emmett Walsh, his best role, in their debut film, Blood Simple, which I still love to pieces. And then number two is that same force of nature from – their Oscar-winning movie. He won an Oscar for this too. Javier Bardem as oh, yeah. Anton Sugar in No Country. Yeah. See, my number three is Javier Bardem. Yeah. So and it's for the same reasons you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, how he's terrifying in this movie. But here's what's interesting about that. We're talking about a supporting character here. Mm-hmm. When you think of Old Country, isn't Javier Bardem the first person you think of? Yeah. So he could almost be a main, but he's not. Yeah, he's supporting. He's you know? supporting. He won for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. And he, again, he's not in much of No, it. he's not. But you think about that movie, and that's who you think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, the first thing you think of No Country is the scene where he flips the coin and talks to the guy at the gas station. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? It means everything. It means everything. Like, I do it, friendo. You know, I think about I think about that, and I think about the silencer shotgun. Mm-hmm. With Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. And then I always think about the scene where they don't show that he kills... Um, it's very well the, done that they don't the show The wife, up. but you just see You just kind of know what happened. You see him, you know, like, look at the bottom of his shoes and, like, wipe something off. So yeah. You can tell. Yeah, but he is the most terrifying character. He is, a, he is in a thriller, but him and the first Terminator movie, they're mm-hmm. horror characters. Yeah. Because you can't stop them. They are no. this force of nature. And the same thing with Emmett Walsh from Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. You can't stop this guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, He's Michael Myers, Jason, yeah, all those kind of characters. You're They're right. The same thing. He is this character that you just, no matter, you feel like they could actually push him off the cliff, and he'd still, and three scenes later he's gonna come back. Yeah, yeah. The scene where like he gets blown up, but yeah, uh, he gets like just shot the hell out of, and he blows up the car, and he's walking into the convenience store, the drugstore, to like bandage himself up like you can't kill this dude and he gets into a giant car accident at the end and yeah he like pops his arm back in and starts walking away he's not a character that does that in a lighthearted way so for example i'm going to tie it into modern movies mm-hmm. with phasma from the new star wars movies mm-hmm. always coming back yeah there's even talk that she's going to come back from the explosion yeah spoiler if you haven't seen last jedi but that's not the same no every time every time he comes back in this movie you're going, oh, shit. Yeah, he's still around. That's terrifying. Yeah, so. it's not the same. It's terrifying. So, yeah, that, um, those are our, you know, he's right below. You know, I kind of, we both kind of cheated for our number one. We so, had to because you can't yeah. not. So, really, he's probably the number one best supporting character. But our number ones, both of ours, we just said. John Goodman. Anytime John Goodman showed up. And I have some of my favorite ones. Uh, Roland Turner, the old uh, junkie from Inside Lewin Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Dan Teague from Oh Brother, who oh. was pretty much the Cyclops. He is my – that's my favorite of his roles outside of Walter. Walter. Yeah. Just like I, we were talking before we started, the way he eats um, the chicken. chicken in that oh, is God. horrifying. Then we got Walter. 
Yeah. We got Charlie Meadows. Yeah. From Barton Fink, which is a great character, really strange. And actually, I think Barton Fink is one of those movies that I could have tossed into my top movie list, but yeah. it just couldn't it quite just didn't get quite. there. Yeah, and then Gale from Raising Arizona, where where he's he shows up. Like, this is the first time we've ever seen John Goodman in mm-hmm. the Coen Brother movie, and he comes out of the mud and just starts screaming at, like... <laughs> God, who's the other guy? I know that actor, too. He's in a lot of stuff. But yeah. they're just screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all John Goodman roles because he's never been a star in one of the movies. He's always no. there. He's their utility hitter. He's that guy that's going to bat sixth, but he's going to knock in, like, two runs. And yeah. he's consistent. He's Yeah, he's the best thing about Coen Brothers films. In, in most of his supporting roles in Coen Brothers film. now there's a couple I have to take out of that, but in most of them, he is a solid side character. Yeah. And there's a couple, I would argue, he actually steals the show in. Yeah, Big Lebowski he does. Yeah. And um, I would argue in some ways, it's tough. It's a tough fight between him and Clooney and O'Brother. Yeah, even though he's in two scenes. Yeah. But he's still great in that. Yeah, he's great in Barton Fink. Like I said, he's pretty much kind of the prototype of Walter Every, yeah. and Barton Fink. Because he's yeah. kind of weird. But yeah, all of those movies, he's great. So finally... We're going to talk about our actual top five favorite films. And again, this was hard, but not as hard as the other one because these five are just above it. And I'll talk um, – I just want to mention one movie that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. No Country did not make my top five. Hmm. And it's mainly just because kind of like Big Lebowski, it just ends. But I didn't like how it ended. Like mm-hmm. it's always bugging. Sure, I, I know. It. I know why they did it. I understand. I don't know how to end it better, but just – the cut to black always is kind of just knocked it down from masterpiece for me to yeah I really really like this see I put that on my number five on yeah. five okay that was my number five so that's your number five and I think a lot of it comes from Javier Bardem yeah no he's great I just love the you talked about it already the menacing character he had through the whole film mm-hmm. and it just it it didn't feel it didn't feel right the way it ended mm-hmm I think the ending didn't do the movie justice. Mm-hmm. But then I read somewhere where somebody argued that, yes, it did. No, the cut to black actually... Yeah, like I said, I don't know, know how to do it differently. I don't know if there is. Because that movie really doesn't have a true end. Mm-mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they could have done. But I, it just was, you know, a 10 until that end. And that literally knocks it down yeah. to a 9. Which is and, still great, but... <laughs> by the way, we're splitting hairs here. Yeah. Because these are fantastic yeah, movies. Yeah, it earned every single yeah. uh, Oscar at one. Best oh, yeah. picture, best director, best supporting actor. I mean, it yep. deserved all of those. I agree. All right, what's five for you? So um, five for me is Raising Arizona. Their okay. first time that they did the screwball thing. Because their first movie was Blood Simple. Yeah. Very dark, very menacing. And this is the first time they did that Cohen pivot. All right, now we're doing a um, screwball comedy, which is pretty much Woody Woodpecker with, you know, hicks that, you mm-hmm. know, live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, they fall in love, you know, Nicolas Cage, before he went crazy, playing, like, a goofball character. Sure. Um, just, it's, and it's one of those movies that knows to get in and out. It's, like, 90 minutes long. It's wonderful. It's not long. Yeah. It's quick. It's easy. The funniest movie you can ever watch about a pre- people stealing a kid. Yeah, I guess it kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't miss them. There's five of them. Yeah. Um, for me, number four. Number four, right? Mm-hmm. That's where he did. Yeah. Number four 
a lot of people that I've talked to didn't like it, but I liked True Grit. Yeah, True I know good. it's a remake of the John Wayne classic, and I think the John Wayne classic on the whole is probably better. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I don't well, I'm a big John Wayne fan. Okay, I like John Wayne now, but it's not even one of his good. No, it's John not Wayne one of his films. great John Wayne movies, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but True Grit is good. Yeah, I liked it. I like westerns. Um, again, uh, um, shoot. Um, Daniels is good in it mm-hmm. as the you know I as a cyborg basically. Um, a bridges, a bridges. I meant. I said yeah. Daniels. I meant bridges. Um, Couldn't understand a word he said in that movie though. He's like, rrr, 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 rrr. But yeah, he's really good. As he was good. Um, I just I like westerns in general. Like I said, and some people would probably say no, that doesn't deserve to make the list. But again, like I said, we're splitting hairs. Yeah, no, it's a very good. It's one of the best westerns of the last twenty years, which yeah. isn't saying much. But yeah, no, there haven't been it's too a many very westerns. Good one. It, it didn't quite and, make my list, but it's a very enjoyable film. Of course, maybe the fact that there aren't many good westerns in the last twenty years, maybe that biases me a little bit to put it in my top five. Yes, I mean, and that's I, you know, like I said, didn't make it, but it was right there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, a hard thing I did was keeping Haley Stanfield off of my favorite Coen Brothers starring she was roles because she's good. And another one that I couldn't believe didn't make my supporting was Matt Damon. Matt Damon is awesome in that movie. One of my favorite yeah. Matt Damon roles. He's just yeah. so good. Kind of like Brad his, Pitt, you know, taking having Brad Pitt not be from Burn After Reading was really hard for that supporting role, just because they're both really good. In Matt the Damon is is overlooked in this movie mm-hmm. by a lot of people. Yeah, because everybody remembers, oh, that was Gene Autry in the original yep. one, and but Matt Damon is so good in this. He is. What are you gonna do? Shoot him with your good eye? Yeah, and it, it almost goes against what Matt Damon was too at the time in terms of mm-hmm. an actor because he hadn't done a western. Yeah, but. Again, maybe the fact that it's a Western, there hasn't been many good ones in the last mm-hmm. 20 years. That might bias me a little bit, yeah, but... It's a solid film. It in there. It's a solid film. Um, my number four is actually Big Lebowski. Okay. You know, again, we're talking... All these movies are tens now. Yeah, they are. So that is number four, just barely behind these other ones. Mm-hmm. But I there's nothing bad to say about it. We said enough good things about it, but that's where it ends up on my list. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go with number three. Sure. My number three is the movie they made right before it. Fargo. Fargo. Uh, one thing we haven't mentioned yet about a lot of these movies that I love, mm-hmm. Roger Deakins as a cinematographer. Oh, my gosh. Think of how so good. beautiful Fargo is. Those oh, yeah. whites. Big Lebowski with all the colors. Um, we'll get to my favorite movie his later. All the Big Lebowski. Like all the, no, no, the whole colorblind thing. Oh, yeah. It's got a lot of, <laughs> I know, it does. It's, it's got a lot of neon <laughs> colors in it, so it's yeah, very pretty. But um, Roger Deakins is, one of, is their ace mm-hmm. in the sleeve. Like He's so good. Fargo, I love everything about it. It's serious, but yet it's funny. William H. Macy is great in it. The like oh, I've yeah. already said, Marge is great. Mm-hmm. Even the weird like pivot they do and talk about her old like classmate that pretended to have a dead wife and didn't and all that stuff. It, it didn't need to be. In it the didn't movie, need to be there, but it fits. But it's good. Um, I love the music in it. I just love everything about that movie. This is the first Coen brother movie I really saw too. Cause mm-hmm. it came out in 96. So I was about 15, just getting into my serious film phase. Sure. And sure. I read Ebert's review cause Ebert was a God to me until mm-hmm. the day he died. Sure. So if he loved something that much, I watched it and right. I was blown away with it. And that actually got me to watch all their other movies. So Fargo was my gateway drug into their world. So, so this was it for you. This was the gateway. This was the one that got you into yeah, everything. Like I saw it. I'm like, awesome. So now I'm going to start and watch their other movies. And I just started from the beginning and 
caught up and yeah like i've been a fan since so for me at number three it's raising arizona raising arizona is a great one i just love it Mm -hmm. holly hunter was good nick cage in this really disheveled (laughs) i mean first of all nick cage yeah um but in this really disheveled role the whole plot to steal a newborn baby it's goofy it's dumb it's Mm -hmm. a fun what hour and a half watch yeah, like i said 90 minutes it yeah out. yeah it's it's a great movie uh my number two is as far away from your number two as possible blood simple their first movie i love noirs mm-hmm. i love neo-noirs in this movie it's so gritty you can taste it yeah. when you're watching this you know francis mcdormand as a young really hot girl in this you know having an affair her evil um bar husband played by dan hedaya um tries to put out a hit on her just stuff happens there's burying of bodies hitmen Mm -hmm. just dark as can be and just brutal and i love every second of it you know yeah that's a movie that i go back and i'll watch and i'll be like holy crap how is this their first movie because it was already so good and it's one of their best you know they barely touch anything that i think's better yeah i mean it was a fantastic movie i didn't watch it when it first came out i actually watched it later once i realized it was a coen brothers film Uh i watched some coen brothers films i was like oh it's a coen brothers film so i went and watched it it doesn't feel like the rest of their movies Mm -hmm. but i loved it in and of itself yeah and they've tried to do it a few times since it then. It just hasn't quite worked. Um, no Country for Old Men is different. It's not quite the same. But when they it's did the it same with... the kind of feel. Yeah, but like they tried the same kind of thing with Man Who Wasn't There, the mm-hmm. black and white one with Billy Bob. It's a good one, but it's not up there. Like, Blood Simple is so good. And yeah. thankfully, you know, I watched the regular cut. Mm-hmm. And then my father-in-law gave me his Laserdisc player <laughs> because it was – now I have it on DVD. But at the time, the only way you could watch the director's cut was on Laserdisc. Yeah. And that's such a good version. Okay. So Did you have to project it onto the wall? Like, <laughs> you know, I, I had a yeah. friend of mine back then that he had a Laserdisc player that plugged into a projector that projected onto a sheet mm-hmm. he had hanging on his wall. No, I just plugged the old okay, bad boy into up TV. into my right. TV. So um, My number two is Lebowski. Mm-hmm. It's a cult hit. I like cult hits anyway. You know, one of my favorite movies of all time is a cult hit, which is Army of Darkness. We'll get yep. to that in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. I just love cult hits. I love the fact that this is a movie that, for me, has gotten better each time I watch it. Oh, yeah. I pick up little tiny details I didn't see before. Yeah, me like too. Your, like your like shirt, shirt thing. I, yeah. I'd seen that before, but there are other things I haven't noticed until... Later on, you start to pick this and that up. Yeah, it's like, he's really got a hatred for the Eagles in this movie. He really does. That's something I didn't notice until, not this time, but the time before. Uh Uh-huh. Because I knew he made that comment and got thrown out of the taxi. Yeah. But then you start to watch it again, you go, holy crap, he mentions it throughout the movie. He hates the damned Eagles. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... So it's number two is Lebowski for me. And number one... We both have the same we one. We have the same Which one. Which, again, it's, I didn't know no. until we got here. Because it's not usually people's number one. It is for me, though. But it is for me, too. And it's Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. I don't think there's a better Coen Brothers film. To no. me, this is while the they're Brothers. all really tight together, this one stands that little bit of a head above. Yep. And I just... Like I said earlier, I love the, the backwoodsy feel to this. Uh-huh. The music just... Wow. Yeah. The music was fantastic in oh brother we're out there i like bluegrass music yeah but it it, it was such good music that that's why it was like the number one album of that year they went on a tour after this man of constant sorrow yeah 
you know, one thing we didn't mention about um, the Big Lebowski is its soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It was done by the same guy that did this, T-Bone yeah, Burnett, T-Bone and Burnett. both of them are great. But, yeah, the music in this is mm-hmm. great. Man of Constant Sorrow, uh, You Are My Sunshine yep. is in it. Like, all these turn-of-the-century kind of folk mm-hmm. bluegrass songs, which are great. They are. And we mentioned before George Clooney, who really – I mean, let's be honest with you. George Clooney's this pretty guy. He's a pretty boy. Yeah. He's sexy. He's this. He's that. And you see him in this role, and you're like, what he, happened to George Clooney? Yeah. He's still good looking, but he can play goofy yeah, really well. Yeah, and he was goofy, and it was just – it was fantastic. He, and John Goodman, of course, yeah. obviously good. But all three of, like, the chain gang oh, yeah, people the chain are gangs. great. You know, he's great. Like I said, Tim Blake Nelson – uh, mm-hmm. Then John Turturro as the as George. Yeah, I think it was George. George was turned into a toad. Yeah. But yeah, all three of them are great. The, the music's great, but this the scene where they come across the baptisms. Yeah, that I mean the, so that gets the, me every time. The sirens. The sirens. Yeah. But this this movie, how did how Roger, did it not get more? How did Roger Deakins not win for best cinematography? Oh, I know the movie is postcard. Every scene. Yeah, it is just beautiful. These earth. Uh, again, you got um, colorblind, so I'm going to talk That's about the right. colors. These earthy browns that tint the whole thing. Yeah, it looks like a world to me. Yeah, just this whole um, big tablet he was on where it's, you know, they're going through forest and they're going through crops and just everything. Yeah. It's the most so sumptuous, y- beautiful looking movie. You mentioned Deacons. Do you think that he is he is to Coen Brothers films what Williams is to the soundtracks of Star Wars? I think so. I think he is too. I think so because a lot of times when I think of something from a Coen Brothers movie, it's either some actor that did something funny. Or how good they look. Or how good they look. Like I'll think of the frozen yeah. tundra in Fargo. That's, that I'll is think, iconic. Yeah, I'll think of the neon lights of from Lebowski. Big Lebowski. I'll think of the, the where they're going through. Like the scene I always remember is when they're going through the fields, and it's just this giant epic shot. See, um, to me, the, the True Grit, True had, Grit had some great um, shots. Oh, brother, where art thou? You yeah. know, part of the what it was, how it was shot. So yeah, yeah. I think he is like the Williams. You know, yeah, he the is movies that he because there's been movies he hasn't done. It just hasn't looked as good. With yeah. Him. And, and you know, John Williams has said he's done after the next Star Wars epic. Yeah. So after, what, nine? Nine, yep. So he'll be done. So will Star Wars – I'm not going to say it's going to take a fall, but it's not going to have John Williams. Yeah, so, so that's, it's not going to have that – It's not going to have that same feel. It's not going to have that hidden ingredient that you might not think of, but it makes a big difference. Kind of like if you don't put salt in certain foods, it's not going to be as good. You can still eat it, but – Okay, so my wife puts um, milk in scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. Eh. That's it's communist. Yeah, that's. By I the way, no offense to any eggs. communists out there, but that's <laughs> communist. Yes, I can't eat scrambled eggs, but that doesn't sound good. So, um, so yeah, I I think that, I think that he is he could easily be up there mm-hmm. with the things that, if a Coen's Brothers movie doesn't have him, it's it's noticeable. Yeah, not to say that they can't shoot well. Right, Blood Simple is awesome. They didn't have him, but yeah, he's just some of my favorite movies he's been involved in. Yeah, I agree. Um. So that's all of our favorite actors, favorite characters, favorite... And we cheated a little bit on the characters by throwing in just actors. John Goodman is a goat. John Goodman is... He is the goat. He is, he is, he is a classic second. Yeah. He's... he's When he is a second, and I good. And I'll say, there's no other actor out there that if he's in a movie, I'm that much more interested in it. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Yeah, okay. Him and maybe Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. But, like, even if it's a bad movie and John Goodman's in it, I'm like, well, John Goodman's in it, though. I still watch Baywatch. 
With The Rock? Yeah, with, yeah I did too. Yes. I watched Doom. Yeah, I did too. That was really bad. So I think The Rock is on that level, but The Rock is a main character. Yeah. And John, John Goodman's Goodman. a secondary. Yeah, because yeah, no one else is going to be like... Like, the thing that I wanted to see most about 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is a great movie, was... John Rock. John, 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 John Rock. Rock. <laughs> when they've uh, combined in the newest Transformers movies to become John Rock. John Rock. Actually, it's in um, it's in his new uh, Rampage movie. Yeah. You know, all the animals are getting bigger. He just he just absorbs John, John Goodman, Goodman. And fights them. And fights them all. Yep. But, so that's that. Um, next week, we will be back to talk about another movie from this period. Man in the Iron Mask, which I'm going to tell you something right now. Mm-hmm. Never seen this movie. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you of something. <laughs> it's not that good? Never seen this movie. You've never seen it either? Never seen this movie. <laughs> so next week's going to be fun. We may not have much to talk about. We may yeah. do a mid-week audit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were going to talk about Man in the Iron Mask, but it was... It sucked. <laughs> no, no. the worst thing is if it's just... It's boring. Yeah. Or, yeah it was competently done. Yeah. So it's, instead, we're going to talk about when, Bloodsport 2. When we're looking at movies, we're looking at movies that are either done well uh-huh. or done very poorly. Uh-huh. If it's that, a middle-of-the-road movie, it's going to be hard to talk about. Yeah. And that just, you know, this movie, Big Lebowski was product of the late 90s because mm-hmm. of where they were before this and what came out and, like, Titanic was still big. Yeah. And the Iron Mask will be like, no, because it's got DiCaprio on it. So we can it does talk have about... Leo, so we can, we, can, we can tie it to Titanic, because he's yeah. now he's on the charts twice next week. But yeah, that that will be funny that neither of us have seen... I know the story. I know the story. I just haven't seen this version of it, because it's just... We're going to have to... Do, was... you want, do you want Lost in Space? I don't. God, no. That's one of the worst <laughs> We're things I've ever to, seen. We may have to find a way to get that very quickly if they're going to... if the, Since they're making a, a show of it. Yep. Yep. We're going to have to uh, do that. that's here in a couple time. weeks. Yep. But after The Man in the Iron Mask... I've seen Wild Things. I love Wild Things. And I'm I can so... quote line for line Army of Darkness. Yes. So, I don't... We'll, we'll be fine for a while. We'll be fine for those. Yeah, for Wild Things, like I said, I am, like, unabashedly a huge fan of that movie. That's all right. It's trashy. It is but trash. But I love it. It's not a bad thing to like. Um, and then, yeah, Lost in Space. And then Lost in Space. So... Um, next week, the plan is Iron Mask, yes. Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> Which we haven't seen, so you're going to be hearing our take, not from 20 years ago, <laughs> but from 20 minutes ago. So if next week you get an hour of, of this... Uh, yes. Mm, they had well, swords um, in it. There's a guy in an iron mask. Yeah. If you get an hour of that, just know that's what the movie was. Yep. So. Um, but for this week, The Big Lebowski was fantastic. We love it. And we got a little bit of a chat in about the Coen brothers. Which I can always do. Which I had no problem sitting here and talking about the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we have much else to say. You got no. anything else? No. All right. Hey, uh, for all, yous out, all you people out there, um, just don't piss on my rug. Yeah. It ties the room it together. It ties my room together. Shut the fuck up, Donnie! <laughs> <laughs>